Good afternoon, guys. Uh, my name is Stalin Peña. Please, thank you for coming uh, to my presentation, How to Avoid Common Mistakes on a Transition to SDDC. So just uh, an FYI, this is basically the time that I get nervous and I start to basically stutter. So please bear with me. We're going to basically, like I said before, this is the end of the, the, end of the day, and we're going to make it sweet. So I'm a senior consultant for the professional service organization of the Cloud Group. Uh, as being basically part of the global group, we have, we have the opportunity to work with different part of the stacks. So we work basically with vSphere, vSAN, NSX, and our vRealize uh, products, as a matter of fact. So um, that's me. That was basically when I was 180 pounds. As you can see, I have gained a lot of weight. So <laughs> those are basically my VMware certifications. I'm a VCIX in data center virtualization and, and network virtualization and a VCP from three to seven. Um, I have been awarded a VSPER um, certification by the community from 2016 to 2018. Um, that's my email address at VMware. That's my Twitter handle. And if you guys would like to follow me, you can basically read my blog at virtualizationfan.blogspot.com. So let's get started. Um, just a little disclaimer. Uh, for to all my friends from Latin America, there will be a Spanish version of this presentation and it's going to be uploaded at my blog. So if you guys would like to read it in Spanish, you can basically do so. So what in, as you guys basically already know uh, or don't know, in a, there are four pillars of a software-defined data center. The four pillars are basically a cloud management platform, a software-defined storage, network virtualization and, and security, and the virtualization of the compute layer, which is basically vSphere. Common mistakes during the adaptation of the cloud management platform. So when we, this presentation is basically from the point of view of a PSO engineer. Every time that we go to a customer, we have to basically pick up the pieces in which basically sometimes sales team try to basically sell something to a customer, which is basically something different than what the product basically does in reality. So we have to basically go there, re-architect what was basically has been sold, and look for a way to make that the customer is satisfied at the end of the day. But besides that, there's always an issue um, when we are basically doing a transformation at the customer. Um, unfortunately, there are certain customers that they basically fail to understand what a, a cloud management platform um, software is. And sometimes when you basically try to make that transition, they still operate using all tools. What I mean by that is it's like um, they still basically allow their users to utilize basically their vCenter um, servers, um, which is basically something that is a no-no. Every time that you have a cloud management platform, you have to direct your users to be able to basically go and utilize the cloud management platform portal and utilize the day two operations that you are basically entitled them to do. Those are basically some of the things that we basically find every time that we go to a customer that has already has virtualized automation as an example already deployed. So what we do in order for us to basically bypass that situation, we have to make sure that those policies that we are implementing via virtualized automation are put in place and that the customer basically start to utilize them. Sometimes it's basically a challenge, but that's something that at the PSO level that we basically do. So 
some of the common mistakes during the adaptation of software-defined storage. So as an example, um, when software-defined data storage is deployed, um, my, the misconfiguration of the vSAN clusters, that's one of the biggest issues that happens. So sometimes um, a customer tries to basically put, a, put together a cluster of vSAN um, that has to not be invalidated by this hardware compatibility list. What I mean by that, there are certain customers that they go and basically buy four nodes, as an example, from HP, and thinking that because they know, the nodes are basically certified by HP, vSAN is going to support them, and that's not correct. Unfortunately, the first thing that we always tell a customer is, before you even buy a host, please make sure that the hosts that you are buying are vSAN ready nodes. Um, what we have in VMware is basically a website, which is basically vsan.vmware.com, that will allow you to basically get configurations of vSAN ready nodes that you can basically purchase from HP, Dell, or any other server manufacturer. Um, one, like I was basically asking you before, um, there are instances in which basically a vSAN solution has been configured with a single, um, let's say, a single disk group or a disk group has been configured with no redundancy. So what happens in those instances? If a disk group is configured with one disk for cache and one disk for data, if the disk for cache basically goes down, that disk group basically goes down. So our recommendations are that every time that you create a disk group, that disk group is basically configured at least with two disks for cache and two disks for data, at least. And remember, there is a limitation for disk groups. A disk group cannot have more than seven nodes in itself or eight nodes in itself. So we always basically make sure that the disk group has at least two. Disk of, uh, you create two disk groups, excuse me, and each disk group basically has one disk for cache and one disk for data. So if one, basically, if the disk group goes down, your server, your vSAN node is still up because there will be another, availability, another disk group in that particular node that can basically sustain the data that is being utilized. Um, so one of the issues that we always basically face is basically the customers failing to understand what storage-based policy are. Um, I've seen that in my experience, sometimes they assign too many aggressive fault tolerance, fault tolerance policies. Um, they want to basically, for a, work, a workload that might be running, let's say as an example, a small applications, they assign two times uh, a fault tolerance of two. So for every copy, there will be another copy. Sometimes that's not necessary because, as you already know, in a vSAN configuration, every object or every machine is an object that counts. And if you make two extra copies, that's an unnecessary space that you're consuming, which is basically a space that you're going to need later. So what we basically do is we recommend the customer those basically workloads that are not basically critical just make sure that you assign a, a, a storage-based policy that doesn't basically claim that they're going to have to be more than one copy for every object. So moving forward, common mistakes during an adoption of network virtualization. As more organizations adopt network virtualization, some organizations are failing, are failing to retain their traditional network team 
retrain their traditional network team on the technology. So every time that we do an NSS implementation, um, how many of you guys are using NSS by any chance? Just one? Um, when you were basically doing the deployment of NSX, do you have a good conversation with your networking? You are the networking. Sometimes, basically, in other organizations, there is a silo, and there are basically no networking. So every time that the networking, the traditional networking, listens to the words of NSX, they believe that we are basically trying to replace them and that uh, we are basically trying to take their jobs away, which is not the case. We're just trying, trying to empower them and basically teach them another way to do certain tasks that will make your company more efficient. So in those cases, that has been basically um, the biggest issue for NSS implementation. We always have to basically have uh, different conversations with the NSS team and the security team just to make sure that they understand that we are not trying to replace them, we're just trying to empower them. Um, like I, so this issue is causing frictions, like I said before, between infrastructure and network team, which, make, which create more silos than eliminating them. So what I mean by that is, yes, by not having, not having that basically those things come together, that can basically create a big problem. Um, one of the biggest issues also after the deployment has been done is the inadequate maintenance or neglect of the network virtualization platform. What I mean by that is I have basically gone to customers in which NSS has been deployed, but the NSS platform has not been upgraded in a long time. And the customers start to complain, okay, my load balancer is not working, it's basically flapping. It goes basically up and down whenever a certain specific certain period of time. And what we basically have found is there will be basically um, different objects that are running in one version. NSS Manager is running in one version. Load balancing is running in another version. And when, even when you integrate with third-party softwares that are deploying edges, as an example, the edge can be basically running another version. So those basically creates a big issue for, let's say, for customers going forward. So we always recommend that every time that there is a an update to the NSS platform that has been validated by VMware to please make sure that that's applied to your system. Otherwise, if you basically forget to do that, you can run into issues going forward. Um, another thing is failure to understand the responsibilities of the product when integrating with third-party partners. What I mean by that is that, let's say if you are running an NSS platform, but you're also integrating with McAfee Move, sometimes, um, there are certain customers that don't understand where the responsibility of NSX ends and where the responsibility of McAfee basically starts. What I mean by that is if you have uh, McAfee move uh, virtual agents, those basically are just guest introspection VMs that behave totally different than the guest introspection VM that NSX basically deploys. But if you don't understand what is basically the main difference between them and how, how each of them operate, that can basically create problems going forward as well. So going forward, least of common mistakes during the virtualization of the compute layer. So we have been basically doing the virtualization of physical hosting for a long time, but we still basically find customers or basically 
uh, locations that we go, in which the main, uh, maintenance or neglection of the birds and physical infrastructure is still basically happening. What I mean by that is, as an example, we go basically to uh, organizations in which we are doing migrations from one version of this sphere to another, and the production version of this sphere is running 5.0, and basically we are seven, we are ready in 2018. It's like we know that, yes, it's probably working, everything is running, but you are basically neglecting your virtual infrastructure. And due to the fact that you are running all versions, that in order for you to migrate to a newer version, it's going to be basically take you a longer period of time, and you're going to go through more suffering going forward. Misconfiguration of physical hosts due to manual intervention. Uh, I'm a big believer of auto-deploy. If I can automate everything inside an environment, the better I feel. Why? Because that means that if a host basically dies, I know I can recover the host as soon as possible. Um, there are basically customers that, yes, there are small shops, and probably basically automation is, no, is not something that they would like to look into, or it's not necessary for them. But if you can automate something that is going to make your life basically even better, please go for it. Well, yes, money is important. I totally agree. Um, and what I basically will respond to your question is, yes, every company has a budget. But if you take at least one piece of that budget and you train your users to automate basically at least one piece of your job, that will make that, user, that employee more basically important and is going to be more uh, agile going forward to support your infrastructure. So it's going to make you basically, that money that you're investing is going to make you better in the long run. Overcommitment of resources due to unproven application of the requirements. Um, I know that's basically a touchy uh, topic right there. Um, a lot of majority of our organizations are running applications that are running Windows. A good friend will be SharePoint. SharePoint is an application that application vendor is going to tell you, I'm missing 16 cores. In reality, I'm just using four. But the application vendor is, using, is asking you to basically deploy the server with 16. Um, what we basically recommend our customers is, before you basically deploy a virtual machine with basically an enormous number of cores or a X amount of, C of memory, deploy small. And if you see that the application basically starts to have a, a bad performance, just increase the resources as you go forward. In a virtual environment, basically more doesn't necessarily mean best. And a topic that everyone basically likes, poor security. Um, I have basically have the opportunity to go to different customers in which basically the vCenter server is running on the same VLAN as the ESXi servers. So if your vCenter server gets compromised, your ESXi servers get compromised. Yes? So it depends on your application. Let's say as an example, we always try to basically um, divide the load um, 40 to 60, so to speak. But let's say as an example, you are running a SQL server. And SQL is asking you, I need 10 cores. You know that SQL basically is a memory intensive application and CPU intensive. So what we, I always basically make sure to recommend the customer is, like I said before, we start slow, a small, excuse me, 
And then we, if we see that the performance is basically lacking, we start increasing the course and making sure that we are not violating basically NUMA nodes. NUMA also basically plays a big impact on the application itself. So just make sure that every time that you configure one type of those Microsoft applications, you make sure that the loads are basically configured in, in a balanced sequence, so to speak, so that way you don't violate NUMA. That's very important as well. Well, guys, that's all everything I have for you. Thank you. Any questions before I go? Thank you, guys. Wow. Nah, that was alone. <laughs>